Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. Uh, this is uh, my, I guess you want to call it post-Memorial uh, Day special. Um, you know, I always try to do a show, you know, right after the holidays. There's always a lot going on around Memorial Day, Mother's Day, leading up to Father's Day. Um, there's a lot going on in the news right now, a lot going on in politics, a lot going on in entertainment news. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, regarding our community, I like to talk a lot about our race relations. So let me just jump right into it. Um, first, I want to say um, shout out to everyone who tuned in uh, to my last live show uh, discussing. Uh, you know, a lot. It was the Ask Data on Advice special, so there's a lot of different topics. Like, but I wanted to focus on this ridiculous phenomenon of male rompers, uh, just the blurring of, of gender lines just different things that we're seeing with this, with this agenda being forced down our throats. Today, I want to talk a little bit about this, uh, you know, things going on where everyone's talking about. Uh, the, the R&B singer Tank, uh, he performed for some, uh, I guess, for a homosexual crowd, a gay crowd. Uh, Kiki Palmer came out of the closet. Um, you know, now there's this new phenomenon of, of lace outfits. People are, now it's not enough that we just have the rompers, but people want to wear lace, so... You know, just a lot of different things specifically uh, targeting our community, um, you know, and it's all really designed to push an agenda, designed to feminize, emasculate uh, black men, and, and ultimately uh, tear down and break down the just the, the traditional uh, family home. And so I want to talk a lot about uh, those things and some other things as well. Um, I also want to uh, direct you guys, this around this time last year, was where I did one of my highest-rated shows ever, actually, uh, which was uh, with Dr. Umar Johnson. You know, if you're not familiar, he's a very uh, social activist, uh, I guess you want to call it, you know, motivational speaker, um, very considered controversial by many. And uh, we had about a two-hour interview, and since it was about a year ago, a few days ago today. And, um, uh, you know, it's funny because you look around, he's all over the Internet, he's all over doing different speeches and different different interviews and things like that. But from what I'm being told, that from, from even his people, they said, wow, that was like one of his realest interviews ever. And I think many of you who heard the interview can would attest to that. So definitely if you didn't check it, you know, check it out yet, you know, it's, it's archived on iTunes at datontobershow.com. Uh, go ahead and, and, uh, and check that out. We talked about literally everything you can – you know, think of that, you know, anyone would talk about with him. So definitely one of his inter- realest interviews, one of my realer interviews that I've ever done. Um, what else is going on out here? Uh, what's going on around the world? we got the NBA Finals, guys. NBA Finals is going on. Um, and, I, you know, I, don't, I, I do love sports, um, but I don't have a lot to say about the the Finals. I mean, I, unfortunately, I mean, I would like the Cavaliers to win. Um, I don't think they're going to win, unfortunately. Um, not because I'm a LeBron fan, not because I'm a LeBron hater or anything like that. I just, you know, in fact, the reason I want the Cavs to win is based on something I said on Facebook the other day. I said, you know, it's crazy how so many people love Kevin Durant for the exact same reasons that they hate LeBron James. And I just don't, I'm not a hater. I don't like haters. You know, I, I don't like people who jump on bandwagons. You know, like I'm a Sixers fan, so I like the Sixers. So, you know, I don't care who they get. I don't care how good they get, how bad they get. I'm a Sixers fan, period. 
You know, I'm not going to start being a Warriors fan. I'm not going to start being a Cavs fan just because they win a championship or whatever. They sign some big, high-profile player. That's just not what I do. You know, and I say, well, you know, people, they say, well, I can't stand LeBron James. I say, okay, well, you know, why, why don't you like LeBron James? So, well, because he's uh, – most people have no reason. They really have – most people have no reason whatsoever. But the people who actually do have reason, they say, well, he, you know, they win all the time. He's so good. I said, okay, Michael Jordan won a lot. He won six championships. Well, yeah, he was, you know, that's just Mike, though. He's the greatest of all time. I said, okay, well, why do you actually dislike LeBron? Well, he left the Cavs, you know, he left the, the Cavs to go to the Heat. He's chasing championships. I said, okay, yeah, I can kind of respect that. I, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really, I wouldn't have done that. I don't, you know, really like when players chase championships. You know, I said, well, but you want the Warriors to win. Yeah, yeah, and I like, I like the Warriors. Well, but didn't Kevin Durant do the exact same thing? They said, well, yeah, you know, and, you know, in fact, I mean, that's the team that actually beat them, you know, last year. So, you know, you like who you like, but, you know, I, I would just like to see some some level of consistency with this whole, you know, NBA uh, frenzy that, that we're seeing uh, out here right now. But, you know, I'll be watching the game tonight, so we'll see how it how it turns out. Uh, what else do I want to talk about today? I want to uh, start off, as I normally do, talking about a little bit of politics. Um, first, you know, rest in peace to all the victims. I haven't got a chance to speak on this, but the victims over in the uh, over in England, the, the London attacks, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff targeting uh, that area. I'm not going to say too. That's really all I want to say about that. You know, like I said, pray for them. We, we've seen a lot of it. We're going to continue to see a lot of it. What I do want to say about it, and I'm not, you know, I don't like to say I told you so. I'm not Miss Cleo. I don't, you know, do any of that stuff. But I remember this like it was yesterday. You know, I talk, you guys got to listen. You guys got to really, you know, really listen to cer- certain things that are son, that are said. Because if you, you know, and, and, and watch things that you see, because a lot of this stuff is connected. And what am I talking about? And I posted this on Facebook over in the Friends of the Day Down Talker Show group. For those of you who didn't see it, I'll just kind of give a brief recap. I, I watched 24. 24, you know, with Kiefer Sutherland is one of probably my favorite show of all time. Now, throughout that show ran for about eight seasons. They recently brought it back with a, you know, a kind of a reboot with the, with the black guy from, uh, uh, you know, Corey Hawkins from uh, Straight Outta Compton. Long story short, when it ended, it ended once, okay, and then they decided to bring it back for, for I think that was the eighth season. When they brought, it was off of the air for like a year or two years. When they brought it back, they brought it back and it was set in England. And that was the, the you know, 24 is a show about terrorism. You know what I mean? Like that's what it is. That's just, you know, what it historically has been. And if you watch it, as I have like many times, I've seen each episode at least three or four times, seen all the seasons, never missed the episode. So a lot of the, I'm just telling you, like a lot of the stuff that they use on that show is actually, has actually happened. And it's not just certain things. It's like many different things, many different uh, things that, are, that have happened that we've seen in real life and things that most likely we will see happen. And that's just how, how 24 has been. Um, certain other shows do that as well, but specifically 24 is one of those shows that has been notorious for that. And, and I remember saying at that time, I said, wow, that, that's, there was a reason why they brought it back. It was interesting that it ended and then they brought it back. And when they brought it back, 
it's specifically centered around terrorist attacks in in London. You know what I'm saying? And so, and I said, I remember saying like, wow, you know, this is what they do historically on this show is kind of, they call it foreshadowing. I said, don't be surprised if in a few years you see a lot of similar types of terrorist attacks going on, you know, in England, you know, different things going on. And now, you know, what do we see? What's going on over in, in England? So just want to continue to pray for those people, but not only just pray, but, you know, be vigilant, you know, really watch out, you know, watch, you know, watch TV, watch entertainment. A lot of these, these shows that come on, they last a year, they last two seasons. A lot of this stuff is, is specifically put, you know, out there to, to tell a story, to kind of show you what's going on in ways that they, you know, that they really can't do, you know, whether it's the Simpsons, whether it's some of these cartoons, there's tons of, you know, it's all over. I mean, you just got to kind of look at, look outside of, you know, what the, the mainstream media is forcing down our throats. What else is going on out here, man? Um, you know, politics, everyone's talking about Donald Trump. I mean, you know, what else is new? Um, a few weeks ago, it was a whole big thing. He sent out a tweet, you know, that kind of didn't make sense, you know, at K, what, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, like, what was he trying to say? Listen, who cares what he was trying to say? You know what I'm saying? Like, really, who cares? Like, there's there's so, you know, it's interesting because anytime there's like a slow few days, a slow week in news, nothing really major is going you can you can kind of see the media grasping, you know, at every little thing. And Donald Trump is an easy target. You know, so one of the things people need to understand about the media is that, and I talk about this, it's, it's, it's media-driven, it's advertising-driven, it's ratings-driven. So every day, they got to, back in the day, it was, we got to sell papers. Well, there's not so many physical papers going out. You don't have to worry about physically selling the papers, but now it's, you know, website, website hits, you know, ad dollars, ratings. Um, and so no matter how, what the format is, there always has to be, you know, people, you know, clicking or, you know, opening links or, or buying products, whatever it is. And they're going to always have something in the news to get you as a consumer to do that. You know, and, it, it, you know, what we're seeing right now is media is called media manipulation. Um, in fact, well, I was going to save this for a little bit later, but I'll, I'll touch on it briefly now. And this is really interesting stuff here. And it's, I'm mad at y'all. I, I posted in the group, I'm kind of mad at y'all because I didn't know that I should be watching this show called House of Cards starring Kevin Face. Now, now this is in his fifth season. Now, you guys know I'm a. TV and movie connoisseur. So, you know, I, I watch a lot of different things, but I'm very selective. I only watch what I would consider the best dramas in history. You know, I like acting. I like story. I don't watch a lot of garbage. I don't watch any garbage, you know what I mean, unless it's done for a purpose. But, I, you know, I, most of the best season, shows, I, I you know, I've, I've probably watched them. So House of Cards, it's it's, I'll say it's one of the better. I'm only in the first season, finishing up the first season. But it's an excellent, it's a, it's a good show. It's a great show. But it's specifically a great show for politics. It's a great show that shows behind the scenes. Probably one of the best, if not the best, in history that kind of gives you an accurate portrayal of the, you know, how Congress works, what types of things go on. Um, you know, in Congress, you know, in the Oval Office, those those types of things on a day-to-day basis. 
But what I find so interesting about it is that it shows you, you guys know, I, you, you listen to me. You hear me talk about media manipulation. You hear me talking about um, how the government is 100% controlling of the media, right? I mean, that, that's how it goes. The media is, you know, cannot say certain things. The government controls it literally, but then they also have different backdoor ways of manipulating the media. And this is a great show. If you look at it, if you guys don't watch, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you do, you know how Frank has that relationship with, with Zoe and, you know, how he leaks certain things to push his particular political agenda, and he uses her in the media to, to, to twist and influence public opinion. You know, and that's a, it's really, it's funny how I talk about that every time I do the show, but I'm just now seeing a show that probably illustrates that better than any, you know. And so understand a lot of the stuff you're seeing, these articles, these stories, they're, they're somebody behind the scenes in politics, in government is pulling the strings. When you log on, you click a button and you get pissed off about Donald Trump saying this or somebody else saying that or, you know, Guess what? That's not a, ch- a chance. That didn't just happen. Somebody has an agenda behind the scenes specifically designed to make you feel that emotion, whether it's happiness, whether it's sadness, wh- whatever it is, it's being done with a purpose, and that's called media manipulation. I took a lot of classes on that, that in college, and now it's interesting just to see it all play out, um, you know, in everyday life. And, you know, in fact, I posted about a really good example uh, of media manipulation. I, I don't know if you guys watched the uh, uh, what the heck show was that? It was uh, Two Chains. You know, it was interesting. And he was uh, he was talking. He was on the View. Yeah, it was the View. And uh, that's what I said on Facebook. I said instead of focusing on the charity work uh, Two Chains is doing in his hometown for the less fortunate, I said that the headline implies that John Kasich insulted him in some way. You know, it was John Kasich. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, and all those people. And the article, it basically says something to the effect of, you know, watch this uncomfortable interaction, this crazy interaction that, that Two Chains has with John Kasich. And it was just like, I'm, I'm, so I clicked on it. And I wanted to see it. Like, whoa, is, is John Kasich a racist? Like, what, what did he say about Two Chains? Did he insult him? Did he make a racial slut? So I'm clicking on it, looking to see this. This, this this uncomfortable interaction that the article leads you to believe is coming. And there was nothing but compliments. It was nothing but jokes. It was, you know, asking about certain things that he's doing around his hometown. And it was just a, a pretty positive interview. And I was just like, wow. You know, I, want, I said, I wonder how many people clicked on that article, clicked, watched that video, that link, you know, looking to see some form of negativity ended up seeing positivity. I wonder how many more hits they got, you know, just because of that false and misleading headline of the article. And it's just it's just unfortunate because so many people, like I know the media, that's what they do, but what I, I don't like is how gullible people are, how how stupid some people are. How, how gossipy and how just negative. Some people will only watch something or listen to something if they feel like it's going to be drama, you know. It's, and it's really sad that, that that's how we've become conditioned, you know, to be. You know, meanwhile, you know, meanwhile, 
I think on the same day, everybody's all excited about all this other stuff. But there was a double murder here in Philly. Well, first of all, the other day it was nine people shot here in Philly. The other day, not too far from where I live, there was a double murder. Two people were shot in the back of the head. Um, not too far from where I grew up, actually. Two people were shot in the back of the head. And it was just like, wow, like double murders. Now, imagine if that, that crime was somehow race-related. You know, then, then there would be, you know, a national, you know, whodunit story. You know, but unfortunately, because it was just probably more black-on-black crime, you know, nothing to do with nothing to, to push the agenda of race. Um, you know, that's just how it goes. And what people need to understand is there are producers, you know, the people behind the scenes are the producers who get their instructions from, from people very high up the food, the food chain. So the producers in these news stories and these news offices are the ones, the studios, they're the ones who determine what is news and what's not news, what should be reported, what should be put out there, what should be front page and what should be on the back page. You understand that? And if something doesn't fit a particular agenda that's hot in the, in the, in the news at that moment, because remember, the goal is to beat the other competing networks. So you can't report. People say, well, how come, come they only put out positivity? Well, positivity doesn't sell. You know what I mean? Positivity doesn't, doesn't get the, the website clicks and the hits and the ad dollars and the ratings. Everyone wants to be number one. Everyone wants to be first. Kind of like Denzel said so, you know, a few months ago. It's not all about being true. It's about how fast you can put it out there and just let the chips fall where they may. And we have to stop being gullible and reacting every time somebody says the name Donald Trump, every time somebody, you know, it puts out a race-baiting story. All right? Let's focus on the things that really matter. Let's talk about some of these murders. A six-year-old girl was shot recently. You know, I mean, let's talk about the stuff, the drug dealers, the killers, you know, on the streets. You know, let's figure out what can be done to, to make a change in those areas. Everyone wants to talk about race. I said, you know, online the other day, I said the races you should be most concerned with aren't the ones using the word nigger for everybody to hear, right? I mean, you know, you're talking about Bill, everyone's talking about Bill Maher. Oh, he, he, you know, he's a racist. He said this, or Donald Trump said, but it's, it's the people with the agenda, the racist agendas. They're not the ones on TV using the word nigger, you know, Martha Stewart or whoever saying nigger. It's the people. Those are people who probably just slipped up. You know what I'm saying? And ironically, Bill Maher probably just made a joke. I don't even think he's a racist. You know what I mean? I don't think Donald Trump's a racist. People have to stop feeding into the media hype. The real racists are the people you love. The real racists are the people that you that you have been conditioned to to, to think are good people. Those are the people a lot of times, your boss in many cases are racist. People who sign your checks are racist a lot of times. So let's just be aware. Like it's not all about me. If somebody's a racist, they're probably not going to tell you they're racist. You know, that would be stupid. You know, all of the people who, you, who the media wants you to think are racist, nine times out of ten they want that done for a reason. You know, we talk about race. We're so busy talking about race. I was looking at some statistics. One of the statistics said black men are 10 times as likely to be killed in their own neighborhoods than they are in Iraq, 
Syria and Afghanistan combined. This you know, just you know, put a pin in that for a minute. Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan combined. That's that there's you're ten times as a black man, ten times likely to be killed in your own neighborhood than actual places of war, active war sites. Yet, people, all they want to do is they want to talk about the white man, they want to blame the government, they want to blame Donald Trump. Well, Donald Trump isn't out here with a rifle. He's not doing stick-ups. He's not, you know what I'm saying, he's not robbing, burglarizing, shooting six-year-old girls. Those are the real problems. I don't care what Donald Trump does. I don't care what any of these politicians do, to be quite honest with you. Those aren't the people who make my blood boil. You know, my blood boils when I hear about, you know, two-year-olds getting shot in the back, six-year-old girls shot in the head, of grown men taking their daughter to school, picking up their kids from school, getting shot and hitting the crossfire. That's what we need to start focusing on, all right? Like I said, I want to talk about a lot of different things, man, but, you know, a lot of, I, sometimes I got to get this stuff off my chest. I said before screaming Black Lives Matter, you know, stay woke, all this crazy stuff, you know, protests every day. I said, let's make sure your kids aren't listening to to artists like Future, Jay-Z, Nicki Minaj, Beyonce. You know, we got people out here glorifying, you know, what is it, a little Wayne, T.I. They're literally glorifying guns, drugs, violence, gangs, um, just overall sex overall negativity, you know, and, you know, I I go out and I hear kids rapping about mollies and Percocets, you know, gangs, guns, and and I I asked, I said, you know, where where are the parents at? I wasn't allowed to listen to certain things when I was, you know, young. You know, I wasn't allowed to watch certain things on TV, you know, but, we we talk about the government, we talk, but the it's not the government's fault that the, the parents have no control over their kids. I read an article recently, I think over in Kansas, you know, they're implementing uh, a curfew for the summertime. Like when kids get out of school, there's going to be a curfew. I said, wow, that's great, you know, you know. But I was like, wow, we should bring that to Philly. We should bring that to other places. I said, wow, why, why do you need a curfew to be imposed by the government? by the city, but you need a curfew to to keep your kids in the house? When I was growing up, I didn't, there was no curfew. You know what I'm saying? It was just, you you stay your ass in the house, right? You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, okay, be home by 10 o'clock, be home by night. No, it was, if I was outside, I was in front of the house. If I was outside, I was in the backyard. I was in the front yard. I was in the, right in the, on the sidewalk, throwing a football back and forth. I wasn't out wandering aimlessly the neighborhood. You know what I mean? It was like I was where my parents knew I was, or I was at school, or I was at track practice or baseball practice or, you know, wherever. And so I don't feel like you should have to have the city impose some type of curfew. I think that that's kind of ridiculous. You know, Molly, Molly Percocet, you know, it's, it's crazy out here. What else is going on in the news? LeBron James' home was vandalized. 
okay, you know, I mean, it kind of is what it is. I mean, it's not cool, but am I surprised something like that happened? I mean, we, see, we, unfortunately, guys, live in a very, very racist society. There are a lot of, there's a lot of racial tension. A lot, most of that has been projected forth by the media. Speaking of which, we, my fraternity here in the, uh, you know, Montgomery County area of, of uh, Pennsylvania, we we did a, a community kind of town hall with a, with a very prominent defense attorney in the city of Norristown. We had the police commissioner of Norristown, and you know we invited the public out to come have an open dialogue about policing, about police regulations, and just to have a conversation about you know what's going on out here. You know it was free. It's for everybody. I mean, it was a good program, very good program. I mean, the police commissioner, because everyone was informative. Um, but the police commissioner, he was a very candid black man, very candid about, you know, traffic stops and stop and frisk and how to, what to do, what not to do. Very, I, very, I really appreciate, you know, his information. And my issue is that it, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of people there. You know, I mean, it wasn't. And I posted on my time. I mean, yeah, we advertised, but and I wasn't surprised. But we we will complain and complain and complain about the cops. When you have a, a opportunity, not just to talk to a cop, because I've been to forums where you could actually talk to a cop. But how many forums have you ever been to, actually talk to and have a face to face one on one conversation with the police commissioner of a, of a city? Most, I mean, that's that's rare. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's rare. And so my thing is, especially in this racially charged climate that we live in, I would think that we would take advantage, you know, of something like that when it's, when it's given, when it's free, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. But, you know, it, it is what it is. We'll continue to complain, and, and, and we won't vote, and we will continue to, you know, just be mad. You know, speaking of you know, Kathy Griffin, everyone's talking about Kathy Griffin. You know, she, she you know, put a picture up of a, a decapitated uh, head of Donald Trump. Like, it's just, it's like, we'll do that type of stuff. You know, we'll, we'll do all types of stuff. Like, we'll be mad and we'll say stupid things. But when it comes down to actually making a difference, you know, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Everyone's talking about the lies. Oh, we should impeach Donald Trump. Let's in, impeach him. Oh, what are you doing in your own neighborhood? You want to impeach the president of the United What are you doing in your own neighborhood? to even make a change in your local government. You know what I mean? You won't even try to get the racist judges out of office. You won't even try to get the racist district attorney out of office, but you want to get the whole president of the United States out of office? <laughs> People are like, well, I'm so sick of the lies coming from the White House. I say, okay. All right, well, when has the government ever been honest? I mean, really, let's you know, think about that. When it showed me a point when we had an honest president, Show me a point when we had an honest agenda being projected forth by the government, specifically designed for our community. Never. And people want to look at Trump and say, oh, he lies. Well, what the heck do you think Barack Obama was doing? People say, oh, oh, Trump wants to take us to war. What do you think Obama was doing? What do you think Bush was doing? When was the last time the United States government wasn't at war? People say, oh, Trump dropped a bomb on, 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 uh, on Syria. Well, who do you think has dropped the most bombs in the history of the United States of America? Obama. 
This dude was dropping drone strikes nonstop. Or, or, or you know, launching drone strikes, dropping bombs, doing all types of stuff. So there was a, there was a good movie starring um, Ethan Hawke. It's called, what is it called? I think it's called A Good Kill. Check it out. It's, it's actually about um, drone strikes and just the moral dilemmas that a lot of people in the military that deal with drones have to, you know, they often struggle with, you know, dropping bombs on hospitals, dropping bombs on, you know, weddings, like places you deep down you know there aren't really terrorists, but the government says, hey, look, we want you to, you know, drop this bomb. And there's so much of that stuff that goes on that we don't even hear about, you know. But we don't hear about it a lot of times because they don't want it to negatively influence the people against a particular agenda. You know, but yeah, man, it, it's crazy out here. You know, Donald Trump, I recently, it's funny. There's so much terrorist stuff going on. Everyone's passionate about terrorism. I watched the speech of Donald Trump, but I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump fan. Although if I would, I have no problem saying so, trust and believe. But, you know, I, I don't subscribe to this. You've got to be a Democrat. You've got to be a Republican. Like, oh, good versus, I don't, that's all, it's all BS. It's all, that's why I don't get into it. But I watched a video of of Donald Trump giving a, a speech specifically, you know, talking about Islam and, and radical Islamists, people who use the Islamic faith for terrorist activity, for murder, for killing, for death, for hatred. And he was just really denouncing all forms of radical Islamic terrorism and and just hatred in the name of Allah. And I, I really enjoyed the speech, actually, you know. And what I, what I thought to myself was like, wow, you know, terrorism, terrorism is a huge problem internationally and, and, and domestically. Why, I wonder why the media hasn't used that speech the way they use the whole Mexico thing. How come they didn't focus on that? How come we didn't, you know what I mean, we, didn't, they don't, we don't hear those sound bites over and over and over again. I'm actually speaking out against terrorism and, you know, and just how the plan that he has for the United States in regards to being safe. You know, and it's just it's just more forms of media manipulation. You know, but yeah, man, that that's what's going on around the world. That's what's going on in politics. That was kind of combined with race relations. But I have, like I said, I have a lot to talk about. I want to talk about the Dubai and Philly, you know, phenomenon. I mean, everyone's talking about the you know the mother. In fact, I'll, I'll talk about it now. Since I have a lot of things I want to get into, I want to talk about how to know, like summertime is coming up. I want to help the women understand a little bit more about how to how to recognize when you're being targeted for sex. And so I got a lot of things I want to get into. But um, you know, this is prom season, right? I mean, this is prom season. So what we see is we see a lot of limos, a lot of foreign cars. Um, you know, I pose the question of, you know, would you be cool with your kids? You know, getting a hotel. You know, just a lot of discussion and attention being paid to uh, the prom season. And you know, there's, there's this mother who has made who's going viral. She's been on countless media outlets. I thought about having her on my show. I said, you know what? I've heard her story many times. <laughs> you know, I don't think I would ask her anything different than than I've heard her say a few different times. But. 
My, I had, I'm going to say I have mixed views. I don't have mixed views. But my views are this. I feel like we as a community, you know, whether it's the Jordans, the, the, the $500 weaves, the, the car notes, for, you know what I mean, the rims on cars that are only worth, worth $200, $300. You put $1,000 rims on them. Um, the, the Louis, the Gucci, just the, the 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 importance that we put on looking good to impress others, and the le- the little bit of attention that is put on, um, you know, ensuring that your children and even yourselves have a quality education. There is a discrepancy with with that. You know what I mean? I feel like our priorities in the black community as a whole. You know, we'll watch buffoonery on TV, but we won't support Red Tails or Malcolm X or Ray Charles or, you know, different things like that. I have a big problem with our community and where our priorities lie, okay? That has, that has never changed. I've been consistent with that. Now, a lot of people are talking about this woman who spent $25,000. She got the camel. She got the sand. She had a mural painted. She had... You know, foreign cars, three different foreign cars out there. She spent over $25,000 to, you know, to, for this prom send-off. Now, here's the thing, guys. I have no problem with any of that, okay? I have no problem. But it's funny that my issue is with the people who have a problem with that. Yet, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're judging. Like, I don't even like the word judge. I don't like the term you know, don't judge me. Because so many people misuse it, especially when you're doing it from a biblical context. You know what I'm saying? But like pointing out the, the speck in someone else's eye when you've got a log in your own, a lot of people are doing that. You know, and because I don't, I, ha- I have some specks in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? I'm not perfect. So I don't judge other people. You know, anything you hear me talk about is going to be because it's being done to be harmful to someone else, right? This woman, like if you hear me speaking about, you know, someone like Beyonce or Jay-Z, they are specifically doing things and saying things and putting imagery out there specifically designed to negatively influence, specifically, I mean, people in general, but targeting young folk. So I have a problem with that, so I'm going to speak out against that. But if somebody... You know, a, young, a woman who, who's on her deathbed, she has cancer, she has a straight-A student, she has a home that she paid $12,000 for that is now worth over $300,000, if you know anything about gentrification. You know, she has her own business, very successful business, catering company, restaurant. She's saving. She has, a, you know, it seems like she has a pretty good, you know, kid, She's very active in the community, volunteering, donating things. People talk about the $25,000 she spent on, on, on the prom, but they won't talk about $1,000 that she gave to the community the, or the program that she organized for this. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the hard work, the hours that she puts into the community. And nobody will talk about that. So when I speak about misplaced priorities in the black community, I'm not just – I'm talking about where there's an issue. I'm not just judging people. I'm not going to judge her and say, this is what she should have done with her money. Who am I to tell her what she should do with her money? Who are you to tell her what she should do with her money? We don't, that's, not our, that's not my money. 
That's like somebody literally coming into my house saying, this is what I want you to go to Target and get. Now, don't buy this brand. Buy that brand. Buy this brand. Like, no, you don't tell me what to buy just like I don't tell her what to buy. You see what I'm saying? Her, she, I, I, I heard the interview with my own ears. She said, she said, I don't care if I have to sell, plat, you know, a thousand platters, two thousand platters. She said, my son is going to college. She said, I see that everything I put into this prom, she said, I worked for. She said, I saved for. She said, this isn't new. She said, she's been saving for what two, three, four years for this. And I, re- I respected that. See, and I can relate to that because see. I grew up. A lot of people might say, well, they might have said that about me. Well, ask my mom, why do you need to send him to this school that costs X amount of thousands of dollars? Why, why don't you send him to public school? Why don't you send him? Why does he have to wear that shirt? What is, you know, but that's not for them to say. Because my mom and my dad, they worked for what they had so that we can have what we had as, as children. So if, who am I to say what another mother is doing for her kids? You know, I, nobody is going to tell me how to raise my kids, so I can't tell someone else how to raise their kids. That, that, you know, that doesn't make sense. But the reality is so many people are negative. So many people are bitter and hateful and resentful about their own shortcomings. I wonder how many people criticizing this mother, their son is out on the street selling drugs, their daughter is flying down a strip pole at night, you know, I wonder how many people's kids have guns hidden under their mattress. How many kids are not even going to college? You know, how many who, who's how many kids are out there and are the reason that certain curfews are being put in place? You know, though, I mean, that's the reality. You got people out here criticizing Trump and people criticizing the prom chick. You know what I'm saying? But their kids aren't doing right. They don't have half the money that she said. They don't even have 25000 saved up, period, let alone 25000 to put into a prom. Think about that. If she had $25,000 to put into a prom, what, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like think, I mean, really just think about that for a second. I'm pretty sure that wasn't her last dollar. I'm pretty sure she has other money. I mean, that's what she said. She, and if you do the math, she's got – a home that's worth $300,000 that she paid $12,000 for, I think she was like 10, 10, 20 years ago. So let's just make sure your own homes are in order before you start criticizing, you know what I mean, people who really have nothing to do with you. you know, now, all that said, you know, again, let's still prioritize right. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, maybe she could have sent her kids to she could have to Dubai for twenty five thousand, but maybe she didn't want to do that. Maybe she, you know, what I mean, maybe she actually wanted to be there. Maybe because of her health, you know, what I'm saying she she can't travel. Maybe she wanted to actually have it make it available, an experience available for the neighborhood that would never see Dubai. You know, what I mean? and I respect that. You know, from what I understand, she's a, she's very active in the north. Philadelphia community, you know, organizing different events for the for the kids, for the community, for different charities. You know, now here's the here's the hypocrisy that I have an issue with. People will criticize the Dubai and Philly prom extravaganza, 
But when real side chicks of Charlotte comes on, they'll be watching. When Love and Hip Hop of Atlanta, Love and Hip Hop of New York, you know what I mean? All these ridiculous shows that I could just go on and on and naming. And I don't, I don't even care what people watch. But please don't be hip, hypocritical. Don't have a problem with anything, you know, Dubai and Philly or any of that stuff. When you know darn well deep down you're going to be watching Real Side Chicks of Charlotte. When, when deep down you love the drug dealer boyfriend that, that you have. You know, when you're having sex with a married man. I mean, let's let's just keep it let's keep it real. Let's keep it on. You know, I mean, it's a lot of negativity out there. There's a lot of scandal out there. I mean, all these drug dealers out here. Somebody's having sex with them. Somebody's getting pregnant by them. But you mad at the mom who's busting her her butt to send her kid to school? Come on, we got to stop that. You know, you're you're not not you're not just gonna not. Well, not only are you gonna be watching real side chicks. Of Charlotte, you are actually a side chick. <laughs> you know what I mean? In Charlotte, in Atlanta, wherever you live, California, wherever you listen. I mean, and no, no disrespect to anybody, but we got to stop judging everybody based on their their lifestyle. Everyone doesn't have the same lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you know your lifestyle isn't where it needs to be. Especially if you call yourself a Christian. You know, people are haters, right? People, I mean, think of people are really haters. And I don't even like that term. One of the things I said on Facebook, I said, you know, I was looking at Tiger Woods. He was arrested recently for uh, DUI. He said he had a, a bad reaction to some, some, some prescription drugs. Now, whether that's true or not, who, you know, who knows? But my issue is that it's black folk out here who have never watched one minute of golf, Okay. There are people out here who have never sent a congratulatory tweet or even had positive thoughts about Tiger Woods, who has totally transcended the game of golf beyond anything we could have imagined, similar to the way uh, Venus and Serena have transcended the, the, the sport of tennis. People won't even congratulate him for being the most successful golfer in the history of the sport. But they were, you know, but there are people who are happy, ecstatic, excited to see him fall. We 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 idolize people, we idolize these celebrities, and then we we, we just rejoice when at their fall. It's it's really amazing. I mean, I'm talking about us as a people, not you and me specifically. But that's that's just how it goes. I mean, you, the media and even them, they they raise these people up to the, the point of idols and, you know, role models and all this stuff, and then they, they create these storms, these scandals, blow them out of proportion, and they, they just watch them fall. It's all done purposely. So, again, goes back to media, you know, the, the ratings, advertising dollars, things like that. But it's just we're just a sick and twisted and demented society, you know, to do that. You know, that's why a lot of people don't even want to be celebrities. A lot of people are, 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 who are celebrities are so miserable or trying to get out of the limelight because they see what happens, how they, they use you and use you and use you, twist you and then spit you out. You know, that's kind of how it goes. Like one of the things I said online, I said, you know, I find, I said maybe I'm different 
But I find no pleasure, you know, in the misfortune of, of others. I don't care if they're celebrities or anybody. You know, I don't, I don't find pleasure in that. It doesn't make me happy. I don't get excited logging on and seeing a story about someone getting arrested or someone getting a DUI. But the moment Tiger Woods says, hey, look, I identify as this race or that race, I'm not, like, who cares? Kay Diggs, oh, he's, you know, his daughter is not black. She's biracial. Guess what? It doesn't matter. We, I mean, this whole black versus white thing is, it's this, this race thing. It's so stupid. And, and not stupid in the sense that we shouldn't be passionate and proud of where we come from, but it's stupid that we allow the opinions of others to get us so mad and worked up. I don't care what Tiger Woods identifies as. I don't care what Kay Diggs classifies his daughter as. Is she biracial? Well, guess what? If he's black and, his, and her mom is white, then damn it, she's biracial. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoop de do. If that you know, if I want to say, Oh, she looks black, okay, cool, she looks black. But if he's if that's her father and he says she's biracial, then guess what? That's what it is. And who am I to say different? Who is anyone? Thinking that we have so much power to say whatever we want about other people. You know, I mean Donald Trump is the president. You understand that? Like, and that's not, that doesn't mean we have to agree with Donald Trump. We have to like Donald Trump. But if Donald Trump won an election, right, that most black people didn't even vote in, then just shut up about it. Right? I mean, seriously. Like, that's like, that's like Hitler. If we say, okay, Hitler is going to run for president, and we decide, you know, I'm not going to vote, and Hitler becomes president, but what are you mad at? Like, what did you expect was going to happen? You know what I mean? Which is probably not the best analogy because I don't think that Donald Trump's, you know, views or policies are anything close or remotely close to Hitler. But you guys get my point. We have to either you're going to put up or shut up. And black folk would rather just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. You know, Bill Maher, used, he, 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 you know, he uses, the, I don't even like the N-word. He said nigger. What is this in word? Real quick, what is this term in word? What the heck is that? It's a word, nigger. It's not, you know, it's not like you know, f u c k or you know, s h i t. Like it's it's nigger. It's not, you know, it is what it is. It's not a curse word. You know, that's like saying, oh, the uh, the, the 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 c word. If I want to call a white person cracker or a, a Japanese person a, a jap. Or or a, a Hispanic, a, a wetback. Nobody says, "Oh, the W word." No, these are they're all racial slurs. Why? What is? What's the big deal about nigger versus you know Jap? Oh, why? Why? Because we're not Japanese. Because I'm not Hispanic. Spick. The, the S word. Let's call it the S word. No, it's, just, it's a derogatory term. There's no difference. Every go. See, we again, we we are conditioned. Because the ra- the media wants us to focus on race so much. Not even race. They don't want us to focus on race. They want us to focus on black versus white. If, they don't, if you notice, there's not all this, this attention being given to other races being put against each other. It's specifically black versus white. But there, look how many racial slurs there are. Go, call, go to Japan and call a Japanese person, right? Go, go call a Japanese person a Jap in Japan. And see what happens to you. 
The same way a black person in the United States would get mad at being called a nigger is the exact same way, if not worse, uh, uh, you know, someone a, a someone of Vietnamese, you call him a, 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 a what's the name, a, um, um, a gook. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know, all these, there's tons of racial stuff. So my point is we, as black folk, we throw them out. We throw them out with no problem whatsoever. You know, white folks, Japanese people, Koreans. I mean, how many, I mean, comedians, talk show, everybody, just regular people. We throw out more racial slurs than anybody. I'm a black man, almost 40 years old. I've heard more racial slurs from black people towards other races than I've ever heard from white people. And I've been around white people my whole life. I very rarely hear racial slurs from white people. Ask me how often I hear black people making racial slurs towards other people, other races. But that's supposed to be okay or, quote, unquote, not as bad. But why is it not as bad? Right? It's just, it's just as bad. It's, you know what I mean? It's just as, a racial slur is a racial slur. It's just that we're, because we're black, we see things differently. Speaking of race, I, I forgot to put this on my, um, my show description, but I want to talk a little bit about Colin Kaepernick. Now, everyone's talking about Colin Kaepernick. And I, I've been wanting to, I've been meaning to talk about this. I mean, I mentioned it a while ago, but not really in this context. People are talking about boycotting the NFL and, you know, how unfair it is that he's not signed. This, you know, we got to stop the foolishness. This is like literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay? Colin Kaepernick, and this is mostly people who don't watch football. Colin Kaepernick is not a good quarterback. He had a good season where he went to the Super Bowl, but that's because they had a really good team, okay? Kind of like how um, uh, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl. Well, the year Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl, he didn't really have a good statistical year as a quarterback, right? They just had an excellent defense, some great receivers, you know what I'm saying? And and he did an okay job. That's kind of like what, what Colin Kaepernick did as a San Francisco 49. He's really not, he's athletic, but he's just not that good. And he's even worse now than he was then. So what people need to understand is he had a contract. And so many people don't even understand how football He had a contract, a million, multi-million dollar contract. He chose, guys, to opt out of his contract and to become a free agent. He could still be signed to the San Francisco 49ers right now getting paid, okay? He would, you know, possibly competing for a chance to start this season, maybe in training camp. He had that opportunity. He chose to opt out of that contract, sacrifice all those millions of dollars, and become a free agent. Hopefully, he wanted to gamble and hope that someone else saw something in him that maybe San Fran didn't see and would give him an equal contract or a bigger contract. He made that decision. No one forced him to do that. He wasn't even cut. I could see if he was cut and not picked up, although that would be the business. That happens all the time. But that's not even what happened. He, again, he chose to be unemployed, meaning become a free agent. He chose that. He was, I'm not going to say he was greedy, 
but he, I guess, felt like he was worth a certain. He gambled on himself pretty much. He gambled, and guess what happened? He lost or is losing. Similar to how Dwight Howard did. Let me think with Dwight Howard. He did the same thing. He was playing for the Houston Rockets. He had another year of his multi-million dollar contract. He opted out of that contract and chose to become a free agent. I think he was, don't quote me on this, but he was scheduled to make something like at least $20 million a year, a year for, with Houston. But he felt as though he was worth at least that much and wanted to play for someone else. So he opted out of that contract, right, and he chose to become a free agent. Now, a few, I think a few months passed, or at least several weeks passed, and he hadn't been signed. And people were wondering, like, whoa, did he make the wrong decision? But then he ends up getting, he, you know, ends up getting picked up for I think uh, at least twenty-seven million, twenty-five to twenty-seven million with the Atlanta Hawks. So that, you know, that gamble worked out for Dwight Howard, right? Now, if no one signed him, then obviously he looked kind of stupid for doing that. Or if someone signed him for less, then he looked kind of stupid for leaving that money on the table. That's what athletes do, okay? They gamble, especially when it's time for free agency. But there are no guarantees there, okay? Colin Kaepernick basically did the same thing that Dwight Howard did in that scenario. It's just that he hasn't been picked up. You know, no one's going to give him the amount of money that he was making when he went to the Super Bowl like five, six years ago, whenever the heck it was. Now, everyone said, well, he's being punished. He's being – so that's, that's the business side of it. Right, that's the business side I just told you about. But from a, you know, from a, a a activist side, you know, a political side, there's another side. So I'm not gonna act like there's not another side too. I respect what he did. He had a lot. Yeah, he he's got a set of balls on. Okay, to do what he did and under that with those many countries around the world. To say, you know what, I'm going to take a knee. I'm not going to stand for the national anthem. I respected that. Would I have done that? No. Would I, did I agree with him doing that? That's, it's not for me to agree with. It's not for me. That's, his, that's what he chose to do. You know what I mean? I respect it. Nothing else to say about that. But people need to understand there are consequences that come with every action. Okay? There, every, nothing is guaranteed to you. No matter what you, how you want to look at it, the NFL is still a corporation. It's still corporate America. Just like you wouldn't do certain things at your corporate America job, you know what I'm saying, and, and, not, and, and expect to still have a job, same thing goes for Colin Kaepernick. He made a decision. He made his bed. Now he's got to lie in it. Now people are saying, you know what, well, I hear that, but I still want to boycott. I still want to protest. Go right ahead. I'll, I'll say this. I don't believe anyone is protesting or, excuse, excuse me, no one is going to boycott the NFL. <laughs> you know what I mean? I believe it when I see it. No one is going to say, you know what, I'm not watching any football. I'm not wearing any jerseys. I'm not, you know, going any game. No one is doing that. Everyone's going to be watching football. You know what I mean? So let's just stop the foolishness. Let's stop the lies. Colin Kaepernick made a decision, which we can respect. But here's another point that I saw someone else uh, make, actually. People, people, non-football players are talking about protesting if he doesn't get signed by a team. What about his NFL players? 
You know what I'm saying? What about the his, what his NFL brethren? You know what I mean? Well, how come they're not boycotting? You know, how come they're not foregoing their salaries? But they what we have to boycott the NFL. Come on, look. He he did what he did. He made a statement. Now you know it is what it is. You know, and we keep it moving. What else do I want to talk about today? A lot of things going on out here. Let's talk about Tank. You know, so let's talk about some entertainment news. There's a lot of entertainment news uh, going on out here. Tank, and you know, Tank, you know, R&B singer. You know, I actually like Tank as a performer, as a singer. Um, you know, he's people are saying, well, he performed for this group of, of homosexual guys, and you know, is, does that make him gay? Does that um, you know, does that make him gay? Is that, should he have done it? Listen, I don't have a problem with Tank doing that. You know, the same way I didn't have a problem with Chrisette Michelle performing at the at the uh, inauguration. Same way I don't have a problem with basically anything anybody else does for themselves that's not harmful to me or people that I care about. He's a grown man. Now, what I'll say about it is, I I don't I can't really respect someone who claims to be straight someone who claims to be Christian, you know, performing in front of a bunch of, first of all, performing sex songs in front of a bunch of homosexual men, taking your shirt off, gyrating, simulating sex, while singing about sex, a room full of men. Uh, I, 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 I would not do that. To me, that's highly questionable. But I think one of the, but a deeper point, a more important point, is that and people have to understand is that the, the the industry, and everyone knows this, the industry is run by homosexual individuals. When you make a decision to 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 become a celebrity, you know there are certain sacrifices that you will make. You know there are certain oaths you will take. You know a lot of there are certain acts you will be asked and ultimately forced to perform. And so a lot of those are homosexual acts. And so, you know, a lot of this stuff is not really new. That's why when you see a lot of these celebrities making gay jokes, putting on dresses, performing in front of homosexuals, doing stupid stuff, kissing men on stage, like Will Smith, then we got up there and kissed the All this stuff, guys, a lot of these guys are really gay. No disrespect, but, like, they're, they've sacrificed their manhood, they've sacrificed their souls, their morals, their values for millions of dollars, for fame, popularity, status, you know, the celebrity of life. And so a lot of times, you, you, you know, they're, they are actually, in fact, gay or at the minimum have performed homosexual acts. So that's, I'm looking at, I'm looking, people say, oh, is he gay? I mean, it's not about is he gay, it's what's the industry like? If someone is in a gay industry, you know, what do you, what do you think that means for that particular person? You got to you know, take it to another level. You know, speaking of gay, Palmer. I really don't have a lot to say about Kiki Palmer. Um, I mean, who cares? Like, she, she, I guess, is a lesbian or she's bisexual. I mean, it's all the same. There's no such thing as a bisexual. You know, if you're gay, you're gay, okay? Like, if you have sex with men, you're gay. 
If you have sex with women, you're gay. There is no, oh, I'm not gay, I'm bisexual. Come on, stop. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Gay is gay. And I think that she's confused. Uh, I think she's, for a long time, she's been looking for affirmation, inclusion. She never really fit in. She's always been kind of looking to break through. She was an, obviously an actress, and she became, she wanted to do music. You know, then she wanted to try her hand at being a talk show host. Now she wants to be accepted by the LGBTQ, XYZ, ABC, like all this. All, she wants to do all that. And it's just like, come on, be you, find you. And unfortunately, that's what happens when you see these, these celebrities who've been celebrities literally their whole lives. They've never had an opportunity to know what life was like outside of the watchful eye of the media, that media scrutiny. And it's very, it's very hard. People like Kiki Palmer, people like Chris Brown, Justin Bieber, you know, people who've literally grown up in, in, a, in the media, you see, you, you know, why do you think they have so many problems in life? All these childhood child stars that grow up, you know, Danny Bonaduce and all these other people, why do you think they're so messed up in life? You know what I mean? They've been in that lifestyle the whole time. So it's crazy. What else is going on? There's a show online. There's a show online everyone's talking about. I haven't talked about it yet, but I watched it. I was kind of skeptical about watching it, but it's called 13 Reasons Why. And I wanted to talk about it because, you know, it's, 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 it's centered around, you know, a, a, a topic that is very – um, prominent, obviously, in this country, you know, that's suicide. And I didn't really want to watch it because I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't know if it was going to be something that was going to be glorifying suicide. So, I, you know, I didn't really want to be a part of that, but I watched it. And it, it's interesting because I was pleasantly surprised. It's very entertaining, um, but it's also very realistic. And I would encourage everyone, if you have kids, you definitely want to watch 13 Reasons Why. You definitely want to watch it because I, I watched it and I encouraged my wife to watch it and we watched it together. And um, it was, it's deep. Anyone who, I won't, I won't, you know, tell the story, you know, but it is deep. It's about suicide. A young girl kills herself. Um, but what else, what I'll say about it is that she had a lot of issues. And the thing that I, I'm not going to say I didn't like it because that's just what it was. And it kind of goes to show you how, disturbed many people who commit suicide are and delusional they often are. She had this thing where everyone was against her. Now, while some people were actually against her and some people actually did do her physical and emotional harm, everyone wasn't. But when you, and I've counseled many, many, many suicidal, depressed uh, individuals, mostly women, and I've found that a lot of times when when the suic- when you're really contemplating suicide, that's how you feel. You feel like it's it's everyone and everything that's against you. And so the only way out is death, is suicide. And that's the mentality. And the show really did a good job of accurately capturing the delusion. Because no one is ever to the point where everyone or everything is against you. One, because there's always someone called Jesus Christ. But then two, it's just it's the enemy talking to you. 
And if you watch the show, she felt like every, like her parents, you know, uh, Clay and like literally all her her school, the whole school, had, you know, nobody was really against her. People did some things that weren't cool to her. People did things that weren't cool to me. You know, people did things that weren't cool to you, I'm sure, but we're still here. And so I, I say all that to say, you know, really watch the show um, and talk to people. You know what I'm saying? Talk to people, you know, because you never really know what someone is going through. You know, maybe just check on people. You see someone, a lot of times you can tell what's going on through these Facebook statuses. A lot of times people are really going through it, and you don't really know. I had a young woman who told me, I think I mentioned this before, a young woman, um, she told me, she said, hey, Dana, I um, just want to let you know, you know, we've been doing these sessions or whatever, but, you know, if I wouldn't have, uh, she, I was just letting you know, I was going to kill myself, you know, a year ago, I said, I'm going to give myself a year, and on this day next year, I'm going to kill myself. She said, I just want to let you know, that day was yesterday. And I, I was just like, wow. You know what I mean? She's like, but, you know, you're really kind of helping me out, and I'm feeling better about my life, and I want to start living for God, and, you know, I'm doing better. But, yeah, man, it's, it's real. And and what I found is one of, the things I, one of the last things I want to talk about today it, it is not so much suicide, but how to avoid being used for sex. Because what often happens is a lot of these suicides, whether it's women, you know, there's so many suicidal women out here. And I'm not just saying, you know, that women are just the only ones that are suicidal. I'm just saying there are a lot of suicidal women out here that I've personally worked with and, and counseled. And what I'm saying is the reasons for that, in, in many cases, from my experience, is they're tired of being used for sex. They're tired of feeling like they're going to be alone forever. They're tired of being used, you know, being insulted, demeaned, lonely, um, unappreciated, guilty, uh, tainted, so many different things that contribute to feeling like, you know what, I just don't even want to deal with it anymore. You know, and, and people, I'm talking about people with parents, you know, siblings that love them, but a, a particular man that doesn't want them will have certain women kill themselves. And if you look at 13 Reasons Why, that's, you know, that's basically, it's not a white thing. It's just a thing. You know, it happens. And we need to start praying for those people. We got to start talking to those people to make sure that, you know, they're not at that point. You know, we don't, we do not do a good job of, of talking about suicide specifically in the black community. What's the last movie? What's the last, you know, book you read? What's the last TV show that you saw that centered around suicide in the black community? Even talk show segments on suicide in the black community. You don't really see it. We don't talk about it. We don't really talk about depression. We don't really talk about, um, we don't talk about that stuff, right? And so, but yet, if you look at statistics, specifically on suicide in the black community, depression, mental health uh, in, the, in the black community, it's, it's, a, it's a real problem. So what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about how to, avoid being used for sex because a lot of this depression, you know, it it actually comes from a a history of being used for sex, for sexual purposes. One of the things I said, you know, online was, 
you know, as summer approaches, as as we start seeing more skin, as we start seeing more uh, barbecues, cookouts, parties, uh, vacations, different things, people become more sexual. They become more, you know, the men start becoming more on the prowl. And the women often become the victim of these men's predatory behaviors, and it, it does a number on their self-esteem. It, it does a number on their faith. You know, there are a lot of church pimps out here. There's a lot of men in the church looking to, you know, looking to be pimps, you know, on, on unsuspect, unsuspecting good Christian women who unfortunately never had a father or a grandfather or an uncle or a Don Tolbert, you know what I mean, to tell them, hey, look, you know, you don't have to be a freak. You don't have to be someone's booty call. A lot of women never had that. You know, one of the things I said online, I said, and it's quite simple, but if you don't want to be used for sex, I said, if you, and you ultimately want to be a wife, allow yourself to be anyone's hope. Right? I mean, that's, you would think that would be pretty simple. If you want to be a wife, you got to carry yourself like a wife. Treat yourself like a wife. Present yourself like a wife, not like a freak, you know, not like a, a slut, not, you know, this Instagram you know, alter ego that you have where you're posting your boobs out and, you know, you're not going to get wifed up that way. You know, you're not going to have a man that cares about you that way. If you present yourself like you're, like you're good in the bedroom. And a lot of women say, well, what do you mean? I, I thought that that's what men wanted. I thought that men wanted a woman who was good in bed. And that's, that's the ultimate misconception. We don't want a woman who, from the outward appearance of her, looks like she's good in bed. No respectable man wants a woman like that. Okay, understand that. Now, that's not to say we don't want – I'm not going to say, oh, I don't want my wife to be good in bed. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said from based on outward appearances, I should not be able to tell that you're a freak. Okay, if you present yourself and that, like you're obviously trying to present yourself like you're good in bed, then the man is just going to target you to see if you're good in bed. There's not going to be anything beyond that. You understand that? So that's that's the number one, you know, advice, piece of advice that I would give to women as far as how to avoid being targeted for sex is to not present yourself like you're good in bed. You know what I mean? It, it's not, it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. You know, it's like if, if you dangle some cookies in front of me, nice chocolate chip cookies right out the oven, I could be on a diet all I want to, but I'm probably going to try one of those cookies. I'm just being real with you. You know what I mean? Like that, it does you don't want to tempt someone in that way. You you got your booty out, you got the boobs up, and expect a man to want some try to get to your heart, pass the booty, pass the boobs, and get to your heart when you're dangling it in front of him. Come on, it doesn't make sense. One of the things that I said. So that's from a physical standpoint. Um, well, first of all, another thing I said about physical, I said because this is crazy. 
I said, ladies, you got a lot, all these women from our male friends. I said, ladies, if your male friends only like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, they only like the pictures where you're showing your boobs off, you're showing your tits ass. <laughs> I said, then those aren't your friends, ladies. They, they just want to have sex. Okay? You know, like, you, you know, you, come on, you know those pictures. Like, go through your, your profile pictures. Go through your timeline. The posts, the, the pictures you put up there. If the the ones if some people got a hundred likes, you know what I'm saying? You got two hundred likes, and people put so it's interesting that people put so much credence on the likes, on the number of followers. But in most cases, these are single women. I mean, really analyze your follow. That's why I don't really care about likes like that. When I was single, I would put up different advice. I would put up scriptures. I got a lot more likes when I was single, okay? And, and it's, it, it, I get it. A lot of times people are only liking things because they want to sleep with you. They think that you pressing that or them pressing that little like button is going to somehow increase their chances of getting you into bed. Never mind that you've never met online, you've never met beyond Facebook or whatever. It, in their minds, oh, man, I'm going to like this. I'm going to show her that I'm interested. Oh, yeah, so when I hit her up or when we meet up in public or whatever, I'm going to be able to hit that, which is often the case. Don't get that wrong. It, it does happen. But that's what it is. Don't mistake that for genuine interest. That's why if you go on your timeline and you post a picture of you in church praying or you doing something else that doesn't show off your body in any way, then the likes are most likely going to be somewhere, you know, not as high. It's not rocket science, you know, and, and, and so many people, they, they become, because there are already internal self-esteem issues and different things like that, that when they get those likes, it's like crack. You know, it's like a rush. And everyone wants to get the, keep getting that, that high. So they, can, they continue to post, you know, the, the bikini shots, the cleavage shots. I've never seen so much. I see more cleavage online than I do anywhere else. When women go out, they're not, think about it. Really think about this for a second. Go out to your job, go out to your family function, wherever you go. People don't really dress like that. The way they present themselves online is really for online. A lot of times it, I see people, I'm like, whoa, I thought you were a freak. I thought you were going to have you be half naked, you know, like fully dressed. And, and you know, But you go to their profile they got their boobs out. They got their ass out. It's all for likes. It's all for attention. A lot of people don't do all that because in real life they know they're not going to get that same level of validation. So it's like, what's the point? It's kind of like if you're just going to the grocery store, you're going to the gym, and you know you're not going to see anybody, you're not probably not going to get all dressed up. But when you know you're going to go to a, a event and you know you're going to see people and you know you're going to see people you know and different things where they're impressed, then you get dressed up. It's the same thing. If you know you can post a picture and get 10,000 likes, well, then you're probably going to do that. You're going to do what you need to do to, to get that if, if that's what drives you. Speaking of Facebook, you know, we're talking again right now about how to not be targeted for sex. And a lot of women miss this, this, this point. If you're online, okay, and – like you, we, we see a lot of people don't may not like something they may not comment 
But most people see everything you post. You know what I mean? Like, the stuff I post, y'all might not comment. I know y'all see it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the same way. When you post something, someone, just because someone doesn't comment doesn't mean they don't see it. So if you're posting these sub- subliminal statuses about someone, you know, like, oh, boy, you know, I mean, I can't, I don't remember. It's just so y'all know what y'all be saying. It's like these subliminals about these guys that could care less about you. You know, you're posting these statuses that obviously indicate that you're having sex with them, you know, but they did something, they lied to you, they played you, and so now you're done with them. Rather than post that on Facebook, how about you just be done with them? Because that's what happens, right? I mean, you you know, you, you're not posting it to be done with that person. You're posting it because you want that person to see it, hence the term subliminal. A subliminal is only good when the person that you're directing it to sees it. So you're posting it for that person because you want them to act right. You want them to do what you want them to do. But if, you, if, the, if you're dealing with a person that you actually have to post a subliminal to, why not just not deal with that person? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you would think that would be common sense, but, you know what I mean, for others it's, it's not. You know, so I so just leave the subliminals alone. Stop the subliminal post. Stop the, the hidden post. If you're mad at somebody, just inbox that person. Or, or call them on the phone. You don't have to post the subliminal. That's one thing you, don't, you won't see that from me. You might hear me say certain things on the show, but I don't do the whole subliminal. Like, if I'm speaking about you, you're going to know what I'm speaking about. You know, I'll tag you. First of all, I don't play those types of games on Facebook. But if, it's, you know, if I have something to say, I'm going to say it. What happened to the realness of people? What happened to being blunt? What happened to being direct? I can't stand some, even these celebrities, they, they'll say something, and then they'll apologize for it. They'll, they'll tweet something, and then they'll delete it. It's like, stop deleting stuff. Be a man. Be a woman. St- say something and stand by it. You will never, ever see me delete comments. You will never see me delete posts, and I don't think you'll ever hear me apologize for anything that I said. If I have to apologize for it, then I wouldn't have said it to begin with. And, you know, stand on what, you, what is it that you, you feel. That's one thing that's missing in society today. What else? How else can you avoid ladies not being targeted for sex? One of the things I said online was, I said, ladies, any man who tells you that he needs to experience you sexually before giving you his heart is not worthy of receiving yours. I mean, you know, and that's that's honest, that's real. You know, the reality is these guys are so good now at, you know, at lying, at, at convincing women that they they have you know motives other than what they actually are. You know, but you, you guys, the only way to be successful at dating is to have in your mind the the fact that you're not having sex. Right, I and mean, that's really all. It, because if you, if there is a possibility that, oh well, I'm gonna maybe sleep with him, or if he does this, if he says this, and I might give him some enemy, if no one else is going to bring about that, bring that to fruition. You know, he's gonna make that a reality. So the only hope you have is to say, you know what? I don't care what you do. I don't care how much I like you, how much you like me, what you say, what you do. You know, I, I, not for you, not for me, but 
I'm going to honor God by not having sex, period. And that's going to weed out so much uncertainty, so much confusion, so many niggas, you know what I mean, so many fake wannabe pimps and players, you know. One of the things I said online, actually, I didn't say this online. I, I wrote it, but I didn't get a chance to post it yet. And this is gonna, this is gonna really, um, you know, this is gonna rough, this is gonna hit some women in the gut. But it's real, and it's it's said with love. But one of the things that I say, you know, I say when you know, I say some of the most successful, educated women, you know, that we see in society, unfortunately, are often many of the biggest whores most selfish, and most emotionally damaged around. I said that in many, and it's not just for the women, but I said that many of the most successful and influential men are some of the most predatory, egotistical, and downright evil men in society. I said, so when seeking a mate, Never allow the outward appearances and false representations cloud your spiritual discernment for who God ultimately has for you. Look out that for uh, for that on social media. Um, no, but it's real. You know, it's real because you know when you look at the successful women, you look at the educated women. You know, how many of those women are celibate? How many of those women, you know, have have less than ten sexual partners? It's very few. I'm not judging. I'm just saying it's it's very few women in today's society who have less than uh, ten sexual partners. And not saying that's a magic number, but you know, if you're 30 years old, you're 40 years old, and you're just you know you've got as many sexual partners as your age. You know that is going to have a you know most likely some form of physical effect as well as an emotional and spiritual effect on you. And it's going to leave you vulnerable. See, it leaves you vulnerable to the the, you know, the the predatory men who are sniffing out the sexual women. We can sense, I don't know if you guys know this, men can sense, ladies, the women who are having sex. It's called a sexual vibe. If you're giving off a sexual vibe, it's like one, some women give off a sexual vibe, other women give off, give off a godly vibe. And that's what I do with with the counseling. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to know, like, hey, Dayton, honestly, you just inbox me. Hey, what kind of vibe do I got? You know, I've done this for years. You know, totally anonymous, totally free, totally, you know, I'm not just inboxing. Hey, Dayton, real quick, what kind of vibe do I give up? I'll let you know. You know, you don't have to fight me. Don't get mad at me when I say, you, yeah, you do give off a sexual vibe. Just, you know, really self-reflecting if you want to take that to the next level and set up some private sessions, we can do that. But that will often, there are a lot of women out here, a lot of single women, good women, but cannot understand why they're being targeted for sex. You know, it's, it's because you're giving off a sexual vibe. Now, a lot of those, well, you know, I, don't, I don't dress like that, though. You know, I, I don't dress like that. I don't dress like a hoe. I'm not. You know, I don't have my boobs out. I know what you're talking about. I'm not one of those women that's on Instagram. You know, I said, well, okay, but, but who are you sleeping with? What do you mean, Dana? You know what I mean. Who are you sleeping with? Are you having sex? When's the last time you, you, you know what I mean, you had sex? 
Well, no, you know, ha, 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 ha. No, I ain't no ha, 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 you know what I mean? Who are you having sex with? Well, yeah, there's this one guy that, you know, I deal with. Well, there you go. Because you're having sex, that's going to automatically separate you from God, and it's going to cause you to attract ungodly men. And so you kind of got to be careful with that, you know? It's deep. It's deep stuff out here. So I'm going to get ready to wrap it up. But, you know, those are some, some summertime tips on, you know, how to avoid being targeted for sex, how to, um, you know, how to avoid the ungodly men, how to change the type of guy that you attract. Um, one of the things I will say, though, is um, just to kind of close it out, you know, I talk a lot about social media, you know, and there's a lot of fakeness. I talked earlier about, you know, fakeness and misplaced priorities, people who haters, you know, who ultimately want to see you fail. And the only thing that's said online is if the people on your friends list, you know, on your, your social media followers, if those people don't celebrate your success and your triumphs and encourage you during times of adversity, I, I challenge you to ask the question of what purpose do they serve other than to lurk and to eavesdrop? You know, and if the answer to that question isn't a good one, you know, if you have people on your on, online who are targeting you for sex, you know, they only like the, the pics where, you know, you're dressed provocatively or, you know, you got haters who only want to come on your page and start an argument or, or nitpick your status. I mean, you know, and I, I've had those people with you. I just delete those people, you know, and I would encourage you to do the same thing because, you know, part of happiness is is really surrounding yourself with only positive individuals. You know, and if you have if you're surrounded by negative people and negative individuals, you should expect negative situations to come into your life. That's why I try to keep my circle tight, only with people who I like, people who like me, people who love me, friends, family, things like that. And if if that's if the people around you don't fall into those categories. Get them out of here. All right, guys. So I appreciate it. You know, call me if you uh, if if you want to set up private one-on-one counseling sessions, dating, uh, coaching, whatever you want. Call me eight five five fifty five date on. Follow me on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that good stuff. And um, I will see y'all next time. Peace.
Don't overcome and change your world. 